Amen. Let's stand this evening and get ready to worship the Lord. Let's sing an old hymn of the church, Leaning on the Everlasting Arms. Father, we welcome you in this place today. Lord, we thank you for the presence we felt in this house this morning. We thank you for the many men and women that made a profession today of faith that came before your altar today and dedicated their lives back to you and wanted to worship you and give you all the praise and glory they had to start this new year. And God, as we come this evening to worship again, Lord, I know that you are the same God that was with us this morning. 
Let us feel your presence in this house this evening. Lord, I pray every song that is sung, every instrument that is played, and every part of the service today would bring glory and honor to you. Lord, today we welcome you in this place, and we love you. In Christ's name we pray, ask these things. And the people of God together said, amen. Let's continue to worship the Lord.
Hallelujah. We worship you today, Lord.
Father, we thank you for the Spirit of God we feel in this place. God, you already are moving in our midst as some are already in these altars seeking your face today. Father, we're in no hurry. In fact, God, quite the opposite. I cannot think of a better way to start the new year than to just be in your presence. They don't need to hear another sermon from me. 
They don't need to hear another song sung. But we all need a touch from the Lord again. God, sometimes you come in the shout. Sometimes you come in the stillness and quietness of a voice. But whether in the boisterous or in the solemnness of moments, your presence is still still surreal and important. Father, we bask in your presence today. Lord, you were so good to us this morning. Many hearts and lives were touched by the power of your spirit in this place. And God, no doubt you can do the same tonight. Even if numbers may be fewer than this morning, and even if live streamers may be down tonight than from this morning, you're still God. You can walk into homes and help people get off their bed of affliction. You can walk into hospital rooms and heal. You can walk into certain situations in life, bad marriages or bad home lives or whatever we have need of, bad financial decisions. You can walk in and fix it even if they're not in this building. You're omnipresent. You're everywhere. You're omniscient. You're all-knowing. You're omnipotent. You're all-powerful. There's no locks, padlocks, doors, bars that can keep you out of the situations in life. The only thing that keeps you out of our lives is us standing in your way and telling you you're not welcome. But Lord, tonight we open our hearts and say, welcome Holy Spirit into our hearts today. Lord, we wait on you today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you thankful to God today that he's good? That he's good. You may be seated briefly in the presence of the Lord today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to the book of Psalms, chapter 28. Psalms, chapter 28. Psalms, chapter 28. Those watching online, don't forget, you can always download our church app. Search Santee Circle COG. You can follow us on the website, SanteeCircleCOG.org. You can always... Subscribe to our Apple and Google podcasts. You can always, multiple ways to give to the Lord. Don't forget, we start our 21 days of fasting and prayer next Sunday, uh, starting next Sunday morning. Thank you. There are prayer guides in the back if you need to follow along where we're going to be. And there's resources out the back door near the vestibule area where the sign-up tables are at. You don't have to fast every day. I'm not asking you to do it all. I'm just asking if you want to do it every day with me, praise the Lord. But if you don't, I understand. But if you'll just set some time aside throughout the next 21 days to spend with the Lord. We have people that are sick in body, battling cancer, battling all kinds of issues. They need a touch from God. I told you the word that the Lord has given me for the 2022 year is the word renewal. I don't think God has to recreate the wheel I think sometimes he just needs to renew our spirit some of us know what it's like to be in a good old-fashioned church service where the power of God is powerful and real and tangible and we feel his presence some of us have been in those services might have been a long time ago but we've been in them which tells me God's the same yesterday today and forevermore he still can do it we just got to get it back right so we need to be renewed with that being said uh 
We also have uh, today, or excuse me, uh, during that time period, we also have special prayer services we're going to be hosting on Monday nights, January 10th, January 17th, January 24th, 7 p.m. If you can make any of them, there'll be a few worship songs sung. There'll be some strategic scriptures picked out, and then we will have a time of prayer together. This is not another church service, just replacing another one. That's why we didn't cancel Sunday night. We're not replacing church. We're spending time with God in the house of the Lord. So that's something you want to be a part of. If you don't, can't make it, we'll stream it live. So we'd love to have you. If you can make it in-house, if not, we'll stream it live together. Even if you can't be in-house, if you'll at least just set some time on that Monday night to join us. Even if it's online on Facebook or YouTube, just to be a part of the services. I believe that when God's people pray, God listens and He answers. I believe that. Where two or three agree is touching any one thing, the Bible said God's in the midst. I believe God will hear the prayers of His people. We quote it around here a lot of times, 2 Chronicles 7, 14, If my people shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. But you know the key part was, first we got to pray. <laughs> first we got to repent. First we got to seek the Lord. Then he answers. So please be joining us with that as well. Don't forget every Sunday morning and uh, some Sunday nights throughout this month we are in a series on fasting called spiritual detox how to get rid of the old and put in something new get rid of all of the unwanted junk in our lives and stressors in our lives if you weren't with those watching online or even in house if you weren't in service this morning you can always go back to our facebook youtube or even our website and that service is streamed on there again and you can hear the first part of that series on it's not a diet it's a decision Fasting is not about losing weight. It's about laying aside every weight that so easily entangles you in running the race set before you. It's a different kind of weight. So that being said, we uh, want you to join with us. All right, if you have your Bible, Psalms 28. If you'll stand reading for the word of the Lord, I'll let you sit just for a moment. But if you'll rest on your feet just for a moment. We're going to begin reading right in verse number 1. Here's what the psalmist David penned in Psalms 28 and verse 1. Unto thee I will I cry, O Lord, my rock, be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I'll become like them, go down into the pit. Lord, hear my voice and my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift my hands towards your holy oracle. Draw me not away with the wicked. Don't let me fall prey to the wicked. And with the workers of iniquity which speak peace to their neighbors, but mischief is in their hearts. Give them according to their deeds, according to the wickedness of their endeavors. Give them after the work of their hands and render to them their desert. Because they regard not the works of the Lord, nor the operation of his hands, he, talking about the Lord, will destroy them and not build them up. Blessed be the Lord. Now, notice something. The first five verses, David's going on a rant. God, don't let me be like the other people. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've heard people say that in their life. Oh, long as I'm not like so-and-so, I'm doing better than, than the rest. At least I don't act like them, or at least I don't look like them, or talk like them. David's went on a rant. God, I need you to handle the wicked. I need you to do this. I, but it's like after he writes verse 5, he has this epiphany. 
he changes his whole demeanor. He goes from his rant to saying, Blessed be the Lord, because he has heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him, and I am helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiced, and I, and I, with my song, I will praise him. The Lord is their strength. He is the saving strength of his anointed. Save thy people. Bless thine inheritance. Feed them also and lift them up forever. Now I want to correlate that with this passage in 2 Chronicles. I'm only going to read two verses out of here. Actually it will be a total of four. 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 18. Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. You know what he's about to do? Pray. <laughs> bowed his head to the ground and all of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And the Levites, the children of the Kohathites and all of the children of the Korites, they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice on high. And they rose early in the morning, and they went forth from the wilderness of Tekoa, and they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood, and he said, Hear me, O Judah, and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God. If I just closed my Bible right now and went home, you should have something to shout about all the way home for 2022. Church, believe in the Lord your God. So shall ye be established. Believe his prophets. So shall you prosper. And when he consulted with the people, he appointed the singers. We just had the time of worship with you right now. He appointed the singers and the musicians and that those that should praise the beauty of holiness. And they marched before the armies and said, Praise the Lord, for his mercy is forever. And while they began to sing and they began to praise, the Lord set an ambush against the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. Can I tell you tonight, you can be in church tonight, and we already have the band and the worship singers singing before you, but God can be fighting your battles in 2022 that you don't even know you're facing yet because you came to worship and praise and magnify and uplift the name of Jesus Christ in this place. So tonight I'm preaching on this title. He's still worthy of praise. He is still worthy of praise. Heavenly Father, to the best of my ability, help me to convey your word. Hide me behind the cross of Calvary. Anoint these lips of clay. Help me to speak like a man from another dimension. Touch my mind. Give me clarity of mind. Thoughtfulness of speech, strengthen my voice and my strength, and let me convey to this body of believers, both in-house and online, you are still worthy to be praised. No matter what we face, you're still worthy to be praised. Let us not only be hearers of this word, but doers thereof, and walk out of here in the beauty of holiness, with our hands lifted and our hearts encouraged, that you're still going to be go before us, renew us, sustain us, and keep us. In Christ's precious and holy name we pray, and the people of God said amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord.
arose early in the morning and went forth from the wilderness of Tekoa. They've got four different armies. It's a four to one odds against the children of Judah, the children of God. They're getting ready to ambush King Jehoshaphat and his crew. And in this moment, Jehoshaphat tells them to believe in the Lord your God. He will prosper you. After he finishes his dialogue, he says, I'm going to try something I've never done before. I'm going to put the singers before the army. And I'm going to let all of those that's got swords and spears and shields in the back. That sounds like a really bad strategy. Because if the people up front don't have a weapon, that means they're the first line that's going to get killed because they don't have a way to protect themselves. I wonder how many people, when Jehoshaphat gave this decree, I wonder how many of them started thinking, thank you, God, I don't play an instrument. I wonder how many of them thought, thank you, God, I don't sing. You know how many, you know, I, I'm not naive to understand and to know that there are some people that recognize their talents and there are some people that recognize their inability of talent. But there are also some people think they've got talent they don't have either. But I can imagine if you were the trumpet player or you were the song director, you felt normally pretty good. You stayed back at camp. The army went to fight. You come to the corporate staff meeting with King Jehoshaphat for him to say, you guys are going to go first. I think if I was the minister of music at that church, I'd have resigned right then. No, sir. You're not sending me out there to die on a hill by myself. No, sir. This is not my two-week notice. This is my imminent termination. I'm out of here. He says, y'all are going to go before and sing praises. You're going to go out of here and worship the Lord. And they went out and they began to sing a real simple song. What a long song. They must have been Pentecostal. They didn't want to learn a lot of words. They just kept repeating the same one. Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. Now, last week we, we sang a variation of that. Praise him, praise him, praise him in the morning, praise him in the noontime, praise him, praise him. Let everything that had breath, praise the Lord. We sang all about that. They didn't sing a long song. This wasn't four stanzas of a verse and three choruses and a bridge and a vamp and a turnaround. This was just one line. Praise the Lord for his mercy endureth forever. That's what they sang. But while they're singing this song, God's fighting the battle. Can I tell you, some people don't understand this, but the reality of the fact is this. Sometimes you don't have to fight the battle. God will if you'll just let him do it himself. The battle belongs to the Lord. I'm reminded of the writer of Psalms 28 where I began coining this phrase, or this sermon, began this sermon today. Blessed be the Lord. Because he heard the voice of my supplications. The writer of this, that said, the Lord is my strength and my saving strength. This is David. I can only imagine when David penned this, that he wasn't referring back to times in his life where he needed God to help him. 
running from Saul, facing a giant, running for his life. In fact, David, when he faces the giant Goliath, he, he tells him, I'm not worried about this battle because this battle belongs to the Lord. You come with me with spear and with sword. But David's response, but I'm coming to you in the name of the Lord God and the host of heaven's armies. What he's telling Goliath is you can be big and bad all you want to and be uh, uh, powerful in your military conquest, but you haven't met the God that I serve. Can I remind you in 2022 that no matter how bad it seems right now and no matter with these spiked cases of COVID and other things going on, God brought us out of 2021 and he kept this. So I don't think that God's going to forget how to do it in 2022. So if God got me through then, God will get me through the next one that comes through. Doesn't matter how many variations, variants, waves, spikes that come. If God be for me, who's going to be against me? God's still on my side. He's on my side. In the Bible, there's often described as seven forms of praise. Shabak, Barak, Halil, Tehillah, Toda, Zamar, and the seventh one is one called Yada. Y-A-D-A-H. Yada. That word Yada simply means this. To worship with an extended hand or an extended arm. The picture that is often painted by the writers that used that form of praise to describe praise in the Bible is symbolic of a little child running up to a father or a mother with their hands lifted up waiting to be picked up by that said individual. The form of praise, the, every time you read the word praise in Psalms 28, and when I told you that in Second Chronicles chapter 20, they sang the word praise ye the Lord. That word praise in both of those scriptures was the root word yada. So when David says in Psalms, let's see, I think it's back in verse number 4 if I'm correct. Let me look back to make sure. Uh, sorry, I believe it's a little bit further down. Let me find it here for you really quick. He said, I will... Praise, verse number 7. I will praise the Lord. That word praise is Yodah. When Second Chronicles, when Jehoshaphat says, we're going to sing, praise ye the Lord, it was Yodah. What he is saying, David and uh, uh, Jehoshaphat, I believe Jehoshaphat, his mind went back to his great-great-great-grandfather, David, who wrote this. Jehoshaphat would have known who his family lineage was. Because of the records. He would have known what Grandpa David had written. I believe he remembered that. Because what both of these writers are saying. When the battle gets hot. And when the battle gets tough. And I get a little nervous and apprehension and scared. I'll just throw my hands up unto my father. My Abba father. And I'll say it's yours. Just pick me up and get me through it. Until we get over this situation. One of the things that you ever notice with children. When they get scared. They always run to somebody they're comfortable with. And oftentimes, if it's something really scary, they'll throw their hands up because they want mommy or daddy or grandma or grandpa or, or, or somebody they know to, to hold them because they feel like once they're in their arms, they're safe. They're protected. They're okay. That's the picture God's trying to 
show us in these passages of Scripture. The enemy can rage an all-out assault. He can rage war against us. He can come against us from every side, front, back, left, right, up, down. But when we don't know what else to do and we're afraid, if we'll just lift up our hands from which our help cometh from, our help cometh from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. If we'll just throw our hands up and say, Lord, help me. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I glorify your name. He will pick us up and get us through to the other side. You throw your hands up. See, people say all the time, I've heard people say before, why do, why do people clap at church? Why do people shout or talk back when the preacher's preaching? Why do people do different things? Well, there's different reasons. Some of the reasons are obviously to worship and praise the Lord or to honor Him. When the President of the United States steps out on a balcony, that music is played. You know what everybody begins to do? Everything he says. Whether they like it or not, I've seen it on the news many times. A lot of, they don't even like, they don't, half them people don't even know what the man said. You know what they're doing? In essence, what they're doing is they're trying to show honor or respect to the office, even if the person in the office is not cognitively with the functioning of the day. They're still honoring the office. Some folks don't understand. The Bible said that if we don't praise him, the rocks will. The Bible also says that the trees of the field clap their hands. So why do we clap when we sing? Because I don't need a tree to clap for me. I can do it myself. I heard someone say, ask somebody one time. They said, now you play any instruments or sing? And they said, no, I, I don't play anything. I hear all that stuff. And they walked off. I said, I thought about that for a second. I called them back and I said, I, I thought you did play an instrument. And they said, no, Pastor, I can't, I can't play. I learned how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb one time on a piano, but that doesn't, that's about it. No, I don't play. I said, really? They said, yeah. I said, let me see your hands. They said, what? I said, just turn your hands over. Give me your palm, palm side. I looked and I started counting. I said, one, two, three, four. You got ten fingers. Yeah. I said, put them together. So they put them together. I said, now move them out. They moved them out. I said, put them back together. I said, no, put it with force behind it. They said, you mean like clap? I said, yeah, just do this. So they started doing this. I said, just keep that beat. Just keep steady right there. Just Don't change it. Just keep it. I said, you know what you're doing? You're using an instrument. You're making a sound. It has a rhythmic pattern. It would be no different if Brother Larry sat on these drums and took that bass pedal and he just, or Brother Dennis with the bass, just hit the same note the whole time. That's just the rhythm the whole time. You know, you could sing a lot of songs like that. It doesn't matter. You just set a tempo to it. It's called tempo, rhythm. You can sing anything you want to. The wheels on the bus go round and round, round and round. Anything to it. You see what I'm saying? I just made a song with rhythm right there. Oh, it doesn't matter. But you see, we all have the ability to praise the Lord. It's a matter of choice. So when people say, oh, I don't play an instrument, you may not stand up here and play an instrument, but if you can do this, you can praise the Lord. And when we say around our campus and other places, why don't you give God a hand clap of praise? We're not saying that because we're bored. We're trying to honor the guest of honor that's with us. We are honoring God being in the house with us that day. So they clap their hands. I don't need the trees to do it. I can do it. 
to extend with that hands lifted. One thing that is universal in every language is the word hallelujah. Hallelujah is universal in every language. There is no Spanish word for hallelujah. It's still hallelujah. China, hallelujah. It may have a little bit of an accent, except, but it's still the universal. Hallelujah is a universal word. You know what else is universal? I don't have to speak your language to do this. You know what I'm just saying to the person who doesn't speak my language? I'm surrendering. I give up. If said person, we're all standing at a field, guns drawn, swords drawn, whatever. If I lay it down, even though I can't speak Chinese or Japanese or Filipino or what, uh, Latin or, or anything like that. If I lay that down and I just do this, they know what I'm doing without saying a word. I am surrendering myself to them. You know why? Sometimes we tell you in services, or even when we don't tell you, some people just naturally when a song is being sung, they do this. It's not because they're trying to get spiritual Zumba class in today and meet their calorie count for Zumba. They're not doing spiritual Pilates. They're not practicing a yoga pose. What they're really doing is saying, God, I surrender to you in this moment. You take it from here. I surrender. Now, they may have a microphone in one hand and only can use one hand. They may lay a microphone down and use two hands. They may sit in a pew and use. But once they lift their hands, what they're saying to, to God is, God, I'm surrendering to your will in this moment. I surrender to you. Second Chronicles chapter 7, Solomon is dedicating the temple of the Lord. He prays. The Shekinah glory comes down. The Levites take out the instruments and they start to worship the Lord and they start to praise the Lord. That word praise was Yodah. Isaiah chapter 12. The writer, the prophet says, I will praise you. Even, Lord, when you were angry, you comforted me. And so I still will praise you. That form of praise, Yodah. Isaiah 25 and 1. I will praise your name. Thou hast done wonderful things. The counsels of old are faithful and true. That word praise, Yodah. Isaiah 38, 18. The grave cannot praise you, but I will still praise you. That word praise, Yoda. The grave cannot praise the Lord, but while I'm still living. See, one thing I learned a long time ago is I only got one chance to get it right. Because when I die, I don't get a second chance like that. Once Shelly at Dow Murray puts me in that box and she stuffs me like a taxidermist, tries to make me a whole lot prettier than I was before I left this world. I've always had a problem with that. I just want to tell you all with that. I've always struggled when people walk by a casket and say, don't they look good? What do they look like alive? If they look better dead, that says a lot about what you thought they looked like when they were living. I've heard people say, that's the best I've ever seen them look. I'm thinking, whew, that's rough that you had to die to look good. Hello? That's just, that wasn't, had nothing to do with God. That was just a freebie. But the point to be made is you can put me in a box and stuff me in a coffin. But I don't have an opportunity to praise the Lord at that point. Now, I might be in heaven. And that's a totally different animal because my spirit man is with, is with God. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. My spirit man's gone. But physically.
basically nobody else is going to see me praise the Lord. You know what praise does, though? Praise is not just about me. Oftentimes, when I praise the Lord, it will serve as an encouragement to someone around me and will bring my brothers and sisters along, and they might start praising the Lord after they see me praise the Lord because we'll join our praise together. That's why we say all the time you should be worshiping the Lord on, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way to Saturday and be praying and fasting and seeking the Lord so that when Brother Randy comes in on Sunday and Brother Larry comes in and Brother Dennis comes in and then I come in, we bring all our worship together and together as a corporate body, we lift the name of Jesus up. You shouldn't just praise the Lord on Sunday only. Do you realize that our lifestyle, the way we live, we are supposed to live our lives as an act of worship before the Lord. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing unto the Lord. This is your reasonable act of service. That's what Paul told the church at Rome. Your body should be the temple of the Lord. You should glorify the Lord. He goes on to say, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, glorify the Lord with your body. It means I should be able to watch how you walk. I should be able to watch how you talk. I should be able to watch how you live and realize there's something in you that's not in somebody else and ask you, what is it that's different? And you be able to tell me it's Jesus Christ. The Apostle Peter says this. Peter says in 1 Peter 3.15, Always be ready to give an account for the hope that lies within you. Or some translation says, always be ready to give a defense for the hope that lies within you. That is Christ Jesus. we got to live in such a way people want to have what we have. The grave cannot praise you. Jeremiah 33 and 11. Praise the Lord. He is good. His mercy endures forever. Yoda. Psalms 27, excuse me, Psalms 28 verse 7. I just read it to you. The Lord is my strength, my shield, my heart. Trust Him. I am helped. Therefore, my heart has greatly rejoiced with my song. I will praise Him. So I want to tell you, first thing you got to understand is God wants you to come to Him when you need help. God doesn't want you to carry your burdens alone. Cast your cares upon me, saith the Lord. Take my yoke upon you, for my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Peter says, cast your cares upon the Lord, for he careth for you. That's the word of the Lord. That's God himself speaking. God wants us to pray when we need help. He doesn't want us to figure it out on our own. He wants to help. God is a very present help in time of trouble, the psalmist said. He wants to be a help. First couple of passages I read to you. In Psalms 28, notice what's going on. In verse 1, the psalmist David said, Lord, don't be deaf unto me. Read it. He said, unto thee I will cry, O Lord, be not silent to me. What he's saying is, God, please don't turn a deaf ear to me. Please listen when I cry. You know what else he says? Don't be silent. God, when I cry for help, give me a word of encouragement. Tell me, God, at least give me something to go on that you're listening. He said, if you don't do that, Lord, I'll give up and I'll die. Listen to my prayer. Verse 2, he says, I cry unto thee. Hear my supplications. I cry. I'm praying, God, I need help. My world's falling apart around me. I need your touch. I lift my hands 
towards your sanctuary. Talking about heavenly. Talking about the heavenly sanctuary. Some translations will say oracle. Some translations will say sanctuary. What are you saying is God, I'm sitting here in despair. And I have nothing else to do. Nothing else to say. I don't know what to do. The only thing I know to do is lift my hands toward heaven. And ask you to please hear me. Please answer me. Please come down. God, can you help me again? And I lift my hands toward heaven. As a sign of surrender unto the Lord. Help me. Help me. You see, how many times in our lives have we ever felt like we were at rock bottom? I mean, rock bottom. I mean, we're so far rock bottom, we're not even sure rocks are any further bottom than we are. We're at the bottom. I don't want you to raise your hand, but how many people have ever been at their wits end? They're done. They can't do it anymore. They're done. Don't feel like they can take another step. Don't think they can make another minute, make a live another minute. Don't think they can cross another bridge of life. They're just done. I said to you this morning in our spiritual detox message, not a diet but a decision, I said to you this morning that sometimes God has to lead us into wildernesses because that's the only time He's going to get our attention because that's when we'll be desperate enough to cry out to Him. Sometimes your desert seasons are not given to you by the devil. God led you to the desert. Jesus was led into the wilderness by the Spirit of the Lord to face temptation. Because how could Jesus say there is no temptation that is common to man if he had never experienced what that temptation was to be able to relate in all infirmities like us? How could Jesus say, I'll be a very present help in time of trouble. I'll never let you be overtaken or be tempted further than you can bear if he didn't know what the breaking point was himself. He had to know. It's kind of hard. See, there's two things that people don't realize. There's empathy and there's sympathy. They are different. Sympathy is, I feel sorry for you, but thank God I've never been there. That's sympathy. When we send a sympathy card from the church to a funeral... We are saying we are sorry for your loss, but we don't really understand because that wasn't our mama or our daddy or our grandmother. We're just, we are sympathetic to your cause. Sympathy is I, I'm sorry for you and I hate it's happening to you. I don't understand it, but, but I'm, I'm, I'm sorry and I'm trying to be compassionate. Empathy is a little bit different. Empathy is like this. What size shoe you wear? We're nine and a half to ten. Well, so do I. And empathy is I'm walking in the same shoe you're walking in. I've lost my mama, or I've lost my daddy, or I've lost my spouse, or I've had a bad church hurt. Empathy is totally different. Empathy is I've been exactly where you've been. I know exactly what you're going through. I know exactly how that feels like. I've been there. Not only have I been there, I've done that, got a t-shirt, and they've asked me to be CEO and president of the company. That's empathy. So you can't tell somebody you know how it feels if you've never been where they've been. I've told people many times at a hospital bedside, at a funeral or a home-going service, many times I've had to say these words, I don't understand what you're going through, but I know there's a God who does. Because I haven't, I've lost grandparents, but I've never lost a sibling. I don't have any. I've never lost a parent. Only grandparents. I've never lost a child. I've never had a miss, you know, in my lifetime experience, the devastation of someone having a miscarriage directly 
connected to me. God gave his son. He knows what death feels like. He knows what giving your best feels like. See what the psalmist David is trying to say is, Lord, I need help. I'm praying. I'm seeking your face. God, I need you to help me get me through this. So I'm going to surrender to you because you're the only hope I've got. But in verse 6, the the story changes. He starts out in verse 5, Do not regard the works of the Lord. Because they do not regard the works of the Lord, the operation of His hands, destroy them and build them up. He's basically saying, God, wipe them out. How many of us don't raise your hand? How many of us have ever prayed, God, kill them? Come on, be honest. Don't raise your hand, but just... Some of us, if we didn't pray it, we sure thought it. Hey, I wish God just kill them. She said it, not me. If you think it, you might as well said it. But we have all done it. Probably at some point thought to ourselves, oh, you better be glad I'm not God. I'd zap you right now and watch you burn. Thank God for we're not him. But by verse 6, God, the psalmist realizes something. He begins to change the atmosphere. He starts praising God for answers he hasn't even gotten yet. Because by verse 6 he says this, Blessed be the Lord because he had heard the voice of my supplication. We don't know God ever gave him a booming answer yet. He just said one verse prior, kill it all. But he had this epiphany. But I'll still praise the Lord because God's been too good to me. God God may, has not, may not have answered the prayer request I just prayed right now. But in times gone by, I've prayed and God's answered. And there's other times I've prayed and God answered. And then there was other times I prayed and God has. So if God did it before, that means God can still do it now. He who began the good works, faithful to complete it. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If God done it before, he can do it again. What David is saying, I don't even have the answer, but I'll still bless and praise the Lord because I know he's got the capability to answer me at any moment in this situation. You know why I think God sometimes doesn't answer? One, it's because we don't pray. But two, it's because he wants to see if we're just going to believe it before it happens. It's called faith. Faith is the substance of, substance of things hoped for. And it's the confident assurance of things not yet seen. It's not hard to have faith when I can touch it, smell it, feel it, and keep it. It's a lot harder to operate. That's not faith. That's facts. Faith is I don't see it. I don't know it. But I still believe it can happen. The report says cancer. Doesn't look good. But God's got this. That's faith. Faith is not the pathologist comes back and says, Hey, by the way, we did all of the pathology report. You came back clean. Oh, I have faith. God healed me. No, moron. He just told you that was already over. It's not faith. That's facts. Faith is not about necessarily believing after the fact. It's about believing before the fact. Faith. He prays God for answers. He says, the Lord be blessed. Praise the Lord. Hear my voice. A Yoda prays. He said, God, you're my strength, my shield. You've delivered me from every danger. I have trusted you. I am helped. I rejoice greatly. I can imagine David began to feel happy and maybe even wanted to shout and be Pentecostal and run the aisles a little bit when he read when he began to write those things. One old song says it like this. When I think about his goodness and all he's done for me, when I think about his goodness and how he set me free, 
I'm going to shout, shout, shout all night. Now, I know that it's kind of a catchy tune. It talks about dancing and praising and all that stuff. It's a little catchy tune. I get that. But actually, if you really think about it, that's actually a pretty good, accurate statement if we really think about it. Because any time that we think about how good God's been to us and how he saved us, how he kept us, how he sustained us, if we are in reality, when we think about that, it should make us get a little happy in our spirit. It should make us want to shout a little bit. It should make us want to clap our hands. It should make us want to lift our voice. It should make us want to worship the Lord because we got validation. God is God and he's still great and greatly to be praised. There's many songs that have been written about that. We sing it around here sometimes. When I think about the Lord, how he saved me, how he raised me, how he filled me with the Holy Ghost, and he filled me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how he set my feet on solid ground, it makes me want to shout. The universal word that everybody knows how to say, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In fact, I almost would just shut, would rather just instead of finish this message, shut this Bible and just sing that. Because when we think about how good God has been, it should make us shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy. I come by to remind those online and in-house, I don't know what 2022 will bring, but I know he's still worthy. He's still worthy to be praised. I want to shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy to still be praised. You're still worthy to be praised. Thank him. Lift up your hands. Praise him. Surrender to him. Psalms 30, verse 9 and 10 says, When I feel like I was about to die, Lord, there was no prophet in the pit. There was no prophet in that. I was going to die, but you were my helper. You turned my mourning into dancing and my sackcloth my ashes into gladness or joy. In Psalms chapter 42, as I get ready to close, the psalmist gives us a beautiful picture. As the deer panteth for the water brooks, so my soul longeth after you, O Lord. Now, some lyrist, poetic phenomenon or musical genius took that scripture and wrote a song to that. We have sang it before. As the deer panteth for the waters so my soul longeth after you. You alone are my heart's desire and I long to worship you. You, O oh Lord, are my strength, my shield. To you, O oh Lord, may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. Then he goes on to say, you're my friend, and you are my brother, even though you are a king. I love you more than gold or silver, so much more than anything. For you alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. For you alone are my heart's 
desire and I long to worship you. You know why he's still worthy to be praised? Because he's still God. He's still God. If he did it for Moses, he'll do it for me. If he did it for Aaron, he'll do it for me. If he did it for David, he'll do it for me. In that same psalmist, the Bible tells us that the psalmist began to talk about thirsting after God. It talks about the deer panting for the water, the tears, the food. Day and night he cried unto the Lord. He asked, where is God? By verse 5 of Psalms 52, excuse me, of Psalms 42, he says in verse number 5, I want to read it to you quickly as Ms. Carol makes her way. This is what he says. This is David talking to himself. Why, David, why art thou cast down in your soul? And why are you disquieted in me? Hope now in God, for I yet will praise him for the help of his countenance. What David is saying is, Yoda, I'm still going to praise him. I'm cast down. I'm disturbed. I'm hopeless. But I'll still praise him. By verse 11, he goes on a rant from verse 6 to verse 10. Verse 11 of Psalms 42, he says it again. My soul is in despair. It is disturbed. But I will hope in God, and yet shall I still praise Him. Verse 5, what he's saying is, God, your face, your countenance, sees me. But by verse 11, what he is saying is, but my face one day shall see Him likewise. See, right now, God sees us from heaven. God sees us from heaven. Verse 5, David said, Lord, you see me. But by verse 11, he says, but one day I'm going to see you. Can I tell you that has to be the hope of the church? No matter how bad 2022 may or may not be, we still have to believe that there's coming a day that we are going to see the face of Jesus. We're going to, the old song says, we shall behold him just like he is. We're going to see him in all his glory. And all his wonderful power and majesty. See, here's what I want to remind you today. No matter how bad it gets, he's still worthy to be praised. He's still God. He's still in control. And he's as close as the mention of his name. The old song says it like this. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more sadness. No more dimness in the eyes. All will be peace forevermore. On that happy golden shore. What a day. A glorious day. There'll be. You know what the writer said? He said in his chorus, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. When I look upon his face. The one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and he leads me in the promised land. What a day, a glorious day that'll be. So here's my challenge to you both online and in-house. On this first Sunday of 2022, don't forget God's still worthy to be praised. If you're sitting in this house today or you have the ability to stream us right now online, that means he got you through 2021 and you're still here. Just like the word of the Lord said, the grave cannot praise you. The depths of Sheol cannot lift your name. But I yet still will praise the Lord. 
So even though it's a little after 7 this evening, whether I see you by Wednesday night or next Sunday morning, or even you come back next Sunday night, if God only gives you 10 more seconds to live this life, you still got 10 seconds to praise God. God gives you one more day, you got 24 more hours to praise the Lord. God gives you one more week, you got seven full days to praise the Lord. If God should be so kind to give you 364 and a quarter days, you got a whole nother year to praise the Lord. But even if you've got a year, six months, a month, a week, or 30 seconds, as long as there's still breath in your body, as long as I have breath, I will praise the Lord. The psalmist said, let everything that had breath, will you stand all over the house this evening? Here's my prayer today before we transition this service to a time of benediction, and a time of consecration and dismissal. What in your life over the last year could have went adversely bad or even worse than it did, but it didn't because God was on your side? How many of you, don't answer this with a hand, just listen. How many of you got COVID, but you're still here? Come on, think about what I just said. I'm not downplaying it, I'm telling you, but there's a lot of piece of people that would wish that their loved ones would have beat COVID like we did. They didn't, though. Which I don't know, I guess technically they did beat it. They, they got a little bit head start on us to heaven. So I guess in some reality, they actually got a promotion and we're still suffering. <laughs> we still have the opportunity to catch it again. You know what? They don't ever going to get sick again. They're never going to have a sinus infection again. They're never going to call me. Maybe they did get somewhat a better end of the deal in some respects. We still got a chance to catch it again. Some of us have been sick for months. Can't get rid of coughs, congestion, sinus pressure, sicknesses. 2021, some of us faced some of our greatest challenges, heartbreaks, heartaches, and pain we've ever faced with loved ones going on to be with Jesus. Expected or unexpected doesn't matter. It still hurts when they're gone. Some of us have had COVID, but we're here. Some of us have lost loved ones, but even when that loved one transitioned from this mortal body of clay to an eternal resting place, we still could see the hand of God just in the sweet spirit in the room and the presence of God that surrounded us in that moment. Some of us have experienced broken hearts, shattered lives, broken pieces. Some of us have gotten job promotions. Some of us are afraid of our job and what's going to happen. And some of us in 2021 were afraid we weren't even sure we'd even have a job. We're sure religious exemptions would even be a possibility. And yet God's been good. And so far, now it could change tomorrow, but so far we're still employed. Hello? So whether you agree with this pastor or not, whether you've had COVID and overcome it, saw the solemn hand of God in the lives of your family and tragedy, thought you might lose your job, but you didn't, experienced turmoil and heartache on every side, 
January 2nd, 2022, you are standing at 1211 North Highway 52 in Monks Corner, South Carolina, so you still have something to give God praise for because he still kept you here. So I'm not going to do a benediction where I call you up front and I make you confess all your sins and fallacies and failures and tell me all your dirty laundry. I'm going to even do something that's unorthodox. I'm not even going to pray for you. I'm going to pray with you tonight. You say, well, what does that mean, preacher? I can't praise God for what he's done in your life because he didn't do it for me. He did it for you. I may not have had COVID like you did. I may not have lost a loved one like you did. I may not have had my job in jeopardy like you did. So I can't praise God for sparing a job that I didn't lose or thought I'd lose. I can't spare God. I can't thank God. I can thank God for maybe keeping me safe during COVID, but I can't thank God for bringing me through COVID if I never tested positive for COVID. That doesn't mean I can't be thankful to God what he's done in your life. But I can't give him the praise that you can give him because he did it for you, not me. Just like you can't, maybe you can't give the same praise I give because you've not been where I've been. That's why when the woman anointed Jesus, the, the Bible tells us we don't know the cost of the, of the, of the oil. And, and, and the old song says, and, and she could praise God a little bit differently because God had done something for her nobody else at the table could relate to. So here's what I want us to do. We're not going to pray a prayer of, oh God, I need, I need, I need. The Bible said he already knows what we have need of before we even ask it. We're going to praise him for answers we've not even seen yet. We're going to have a few minutes of prayer. And our prayer is going to be centered on praising the Lord. We're just going to praise the Lord. And we're going to thank him for what he's done. What he's doing. And what he's yet still to do in our lives in our family, and in our church. Because I do believe, I'm not going to say that the days gone by weren't great days. They were. But I believe God's got so much more we haven't even seen yet or tapped into yet. God's got so much more. But we have to make sure our hearts are ready for it. And He does it. So here's what we're going to do. We're, to, we're going to pray together. I'll still be on the microphone. You'll be able to hear, but... Don't get confused. When I start thanking God for things, don't be thinking, wow, that didn't happen to me. Well, may not. You pray to God. Don't be listening to me. You pray to God and be thank Him for what He's done for you. Will you do that with me? Let's pray. Father, I thank You today for being God. Father, I thank You today that You have kept us through 2022. You kept this church. You kept our families. Some have lost loved ones. Some have lost or are afraid they'd lose their jobs. But yet, God, you were surreal, compassionate, and you are a giver of life. God, I thank you not only for what you've done for your people. God, I thank you today for what you've done for me. God, you kept me safe where I did not face COVID like some. I, never were, I was never hospitalized. I never was fighting for the quality of life Father I thank you that you have kept a five year olds safe in the middle of COVID and in the middle of a world in chaos you've made sure that he kept a positive outlook and be an encouragement to not only to me but others as well 
God, I thank you he has a heart for you. I thank you that he loves singing the songs of Zion. I thank you that he loves going to church. I thank you that he loves being a part of the family of God. And he loves to be listening to Jesus' music, singing them as loud as he can in a car seat in the back of a car. God, I thank you for bringing blessings into my life. Father, I thank you for bringing people into my life that has helped shape and change the trajectory of my future. Father, I thank you that you have brought someone to come alongside of me and help me to not only lead your people, but God can be there as a sounding board and and an encouragement to me when I'm frustrated and can hold my hand and tell me that it's going to be all right and can pray with me and can help me think through the process. God, I thank you that it's been over a year and a half, almost two years coming up shortly, God, that that individual, not even realizing it just as an incidental, coincidental meeting, God turned out to be a divinely orchestrated. The steps of good men and women are ordered of the Lord. You brought it together and come to pass. God, I thank you. You've given me the ability to lead this congregation for over two plus years through tragedy, through triumph, through heartache, through heaviness of spirit, but even in joyous season, we have cried together. We've laughed together. We have celebrated together. We've mourned together, but we've done it together as a family. You've been with us. Father, I thank you, God, that you are going to still be the same God in 2022 that you were in 2021. God, I know that you are a sustainer and a giver of life. I firmly believe you're going to help us make it to the very end. You will keep us. Your perfect peace you give to those whose minds rest and stay on you. For that we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Before we are dismissed, Brad, come here really quick. Before we dismiss this evening. I want to, as I always do, we're not going to sing it, but as I always do, this is my prayer for you in 2022. For me, life's getting ready to change in a hurry. I'm going to, Miss Carol, I hate to tell you, but I'm going to get a new boss. I've worked for you for two years and you've been my boss, but I don't know what I'm going to do. Now I have two bosses. I guess I'm going to have like a CEO at work and a CEO at home. I don't know how that works. I'm still learning, but Miss Carol's been my boss for so long that... I didn't even know that there was a different one, but I'm getting ready to get a new boss. But here's my prayer for you today. No matter how bad this thing gets, I know there's cases spiking and things are going on and our world's in shambles. I get it. But I'm telling you, for the last two years, I've stood here with you. We've cried. We've laughed. We've mourned. We've done it all. But at the end of the day, God's been with us every step of the way. And I, don't, I know we say it a lot around here. We sing it sometimes in a song. It probably gets redundant to some of you. But I believe that it's still as true as it was the day Aaron proclaimed it over the people of God. As your pastor, chief under shepherd, Jesus Christ being the head of it all. My prayer for you in 2022 is simply this. That the Lord bless you. He keep you. He makes his face shine upon you. He is gracious to you. He lifts up his countenance towards you and he gives you a peace that surpasses all human understanding. And he will guard your heart 
until he returns again. And with that being said, let the words of my mouth, our mouths, the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Brother Randy, would you pray our benedictory prayer? Immediately following this prayer, we're dismissed. God bless you. I love you.